Greetings, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Communication Guru Podcast, where we believe that it's not always what you say, but how you say it that matters. I'm your host, Tim McMurtry, President and CEO of Tim McMurtry International LLC, a business consultancy specializing in personal development and training, government and public affairs, along with corporate and community relations. I'm delighted to have you join us today, and I thank you for your listenership and viewership of this show. As you know, our aim on this platform is to discuss nuances and insights relative to the communication continuum to help you become a better communicator and maximize the results you receive from effective communication in every sphere of your life, be it work, relationships, at play, business, etc. We're here to help you to become a top-notch communicator. So be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast, The Communication Guru Podcast, The Communication Guru Podcast, The Communication Guru Podcast, so that you can be notified when new episodes are released and available for public consumption. For those of you all who are wondering, why does he always say that three times? Well, studies have shown that when you hear something at least three times, you're more prone to remember it. So what I want you to do is remember me, the Communication Guru Podcast. So over the course of the past year or so, I have seen a significant increase in content and material related or centered on relationships. You know, how do men relate to women? How do women relate to men? What are men looking for in women and vice versa? There's a gentleman by the name of Kevin Samuels, may he rest in peace. He recently died and he kind of really pushed the envelope talking about what he termed high value men. And he had different descriptors of these guys, you know, making at least six figures uh, for a sustained period of time, carrying himself in a certain way, certain access and other kind of characteristics that he would ascribe to this particular brand of fella. And his shtick was that guys of that caliber, you know, only go after certain women. And so he would have women call into his show and they would give descriptions about themselves and different things. And he would say, well, hey, I don't know if you're going to be able to land a high value man because, you know, you have some things that he might count as not desirable. And, you know, he went through a litany of different things, number of children, uh, weight, height you know, personal disposition, et cetera. And he could admittedly be a little acerbic with his descriptions, but, uh, and he had, you know, detractors and supporters uh, on both sides of the fence, both men and women. Although a lot of the guys really, he really spoke, you know, truth to, to power as it were in that, you know, his premise was men face rejection all the time, you know, because we are quote unquote, the hunters we have to go after a woman. You have to see her, build up enough courage to go up and talk to her and face the chance that she might say, bruh, get lost. I'm not interested. And you got to suck it up, <laughs> lick your wounds and, 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 and live to battle another day. Because if you see another woman that you are attracted to and you want to approach her, you can't be thinking, well, the last time I talked to a woman, I got shot down. And you got to have a short memory and you have to move forward. Whereas women, they don't often hear criticism about who they are and who they are not. And he was one that wasn't afraid to let you know about shortcomings. One famous or viral moment he had, it was a woman that was on the show 
And I, you know, shout out Kevin Samuels, may he rest in peace. I'm just giving you some background context to what I'm going to be talking about today. And some of you all might be familiar with these folks that I'm mentioning. So just keep on listening. So he was given a description of this woman and she was talking about how she wanted a guy who was this and that and this and that and this and that, i.e. a high value man. And he began to ask her a series of questions, you know, like, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? And she was, you know, I don't know, five foot one or two. And she weighed about 225 or 30 pounds. Now, you know, love is love. You can be whatever you want to be. You can be as big or little as you want to be. The point he was making was, is as people are making choices and they have options, you, based on what you bring to the table, might not be at the top of their pecking order. You know, you might not even be on the list. And he made a comment about, well, hey, you know, I'm paraphrasing. You're, you're as big as an NFL running back. No high value man is going to want you. And he caught a lot of flack from he's abusive to women and he's fat shaming. And he and he wasn't. All he was saying was, like, look, guys look for certain things, certain qualities of physical attributes. Dare I say, quote unquote, beauty it's in the eye of the beholder. But, you know, there are certain uniform standards that folks have or close to uniform. And she didn't fit that. So what I'm saying is I bring all that up to say he wasn't afraid to delve into sensitive areas. And because of that, you know, a lot of his material went viral and that conversation really has been jump started. And there's been a number of others that I've just come become aware of since him that have kind of gone in that same vein. And, you know, the relationship piece is kind of, you know, the flavor flavor of the month. One of the gentlemen is Andrew Tate. Uh, you all may have heard of him. He also was one that talks about, you know, men and women. And there's another young lady named uh, Just Pearly Things, I think is the name of her show. Uh, she also talks about the relationships between men and women. So I'm going to delve into it, too. Since everybody talking, I'm going to talk, too. I got a whole show that's talking. So we're going to be talking about that. So on today's show, I'm going to take a stab at the relationship continuum between men and women. But I'm going to infuse my conversation with a bit of a biblical perspective. You know, as a man of faith, I, I, I try to as close as I can live my life by biblical principles. And what I found is that there are some things that when you first engage in them, you might not fully understand the full breadth and depth of it, but if you keep on going down that path, you will along the way begin to see the benefits of going in that more excellent way of doing things. Let's take, for example, going to the gym. You might not see the value in going to the gym if you live in a Midwest you know, place like I do, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where we get all four seasons and it's winter and fall for you know six months out of the year. And so you're not on you know the beach flexing, got your pecs jumping, bringing the sexy back. A lot of times you're in coats and I got a turtleneck on now and a coat and a scarf and gloves off camera. So, you know, at those times of the year, it's dark early in the morning. And I like to go to the gym early in the morning and you're getting up at, you know, five o'clock trying to get to the gym. It's still dark outside. It's like, man, what is this worth? But after you go and you're going consistently, you're doing the principle of doing bodily exercise. After a while, you see the benefit of it. You begin to see your, your muscles begin to take shape and form and 
your tone of your body begins to, you know, have the kind of contour that you're looking for. And then you have even the, you know, I'll say extra cheese of mobility and fitness. For example, I usually go in and I'll get on the the, the, the bike exercise bike to build up a sweat to get my juices going then I'll go hit the free weights every once in a while I do a little bit of Nautilus but it's mainly you know the bike to get you know a nice uh sweat going and then get over to the 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 free weights but I've noticed that when I'm out in quote-unquote regular society you know living my life let's say I'm at a basketball game I got to go up some steps to a stadium or I'm, I'm at a building and Sometimes I like to take the steps as opposed to the elevator because it's another opportunity for me to exercise some fitness. And in taking the steps, I'm not winded when I get to the top of the staircase. (sighs) Why? Because my body is being conditioned because I go to the gym every day and I get on that bike every day and I build up my cardiovascular system. Now, in this when it's dark in the morning and I really want to tear up some more sleep. And me and that pillow have a great symbiotic relationship. I have to literally tell myself, get up, man, and go to the gym. I know you want to sleep. I know it's feeling good, warm, and cozy. But get your behind to the gym. The payoff for me is that when I'm out in public having to climb some steps, I'm not winded. That's the benefit. You got immediate and deferred gratification. Similarly, as you exercise your life using biblical principles, it might feel like it's sucky while you are implementing them, but you got to pay off down the road in the future as you engage in the rest of your life. Similar fashion in relationships, there's a biblical approach to relationships. And if you want to maximize your chances of success, I would encourage you to infuse and implement the biblical standards and principles into your relationship engagement to maximize your ability for success. So to that end, there are a couple of things that I just wanted to share on today's show. And this might be a multi-part series. A few weeks back, there was a, uh, a marriage uh, show we did on Clubhouse. My wife and I, we were invited by uh, our senior pastors, Irvin and Melvin Henderson. They were doing a, a, a episode, a Clubhouse room on relationships, you know, men and women. And they asked married couples to come and chime in to give, you know, a bird's eye view of the real of what marriage looks like day to day. Now we have, you know, the information age, we have TV, we have romantic movies, romantic comedies, rom-coms. We have soap operas, da-da-da-da-da. And they say that art imitates life. That's what it's designed to do. But art sometimes takes, you know, cinematic liberties and airbrushes some stuff that ain't really what it is in real life. So we're going to get down to some brass tactics today because this is my show. It's my party. I can talk if I want to. Talk if I want to. And guess what? I want to talk. So that's what we're going to be doing today, talking about relationships. Now, I'm going to take it from the, the, the male perspective. Now, there are some, oh, my goodness, almost endless examples of relationship and the different dynamics that relationships take, you know, male and female. And I'm probably going to talk about both. But just to kind of kick this thing off, I'm going to come from the male perspective. You know what I'm saying? A dude, because I'm a dude. 
And I'm just going to share just one man's opinion about relationships. And so the title of this, you know, discussion or episode will be Relationships and Marriage from One Man's Perspective. Again, Relationships and Marriage from One Man's Perspective. So getting right to it. So guys that are looking for relationships, you know, you come up through school, had a little girl that you really liked, you know, maybe, you know, you began probably noticing girls, I don't know, third, fourth, fifth grade. And, you know, some people say, well, you know, they, you know, you pick on the girl that you really like, you know, that ain't, no, sometimes a girl you like, you might be even scared to go talk to because you're intimidated and you haven't learned the social skill of what we call gang. <laughs> that means being able to talk to a woman in a way that you can have her be compelled to like you back. Now, one rule of thumb out the gate. Let me just say this. I had an auntie, Aunt Joanne. Shout out, Joanne. Hey, what's happening? So she told me years ago something that I didn't know would really kind of help shape my life moving forward. She was talking about a situation that she was having with, you know, some guys that she was dealing with. And she ended up with a particular guy. And I was just having a conversation. I'm just talking to my auntie. How'd you guys end up together? Da, 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 da. Why'd you choose him? And she was like, she called me Timmy. Timmy, you have to like who likes you back. And it was like, oh. And I didn't know how profound that was at that time. Because I was a young lad, maybe, I don't know, 10, 11, something like that. And so what she was saying is, is that sometimes if you are a guy you can put your beard in. That's just par for the course. But if the young lady is not giving you action back, she don't like you. She just doesn't. Now, the men, we're groomed. We're conditioned to not care whether you like me or not. If I like you, I'm going to pursue you to the very end. Some guys take it too far and even stalk chicks or, or ladies. Don't do that because you're a buster if you're doing that. Because she told you she ain't interested, move on. Man up and get somebody else. But that's some internal work that has to be done. We're going to get into some of that as well. But off top, as you are eyeing a young lady, it's, you, you can't not look at them because God made them. And he made men and women to be attracted to each other for the procreation, propagation of mankind and population. So there are some things that are just biological. Just that's just what it is. Now I know other folks have different things. You got same gender loving people and things like that. I'm not going to get into that right now. For the most part, I will venture to say that guys like women and women like men. That's I'm talking about generalities here. And so and maybe we can get into some of the other stuff in another episode. That's not what I'm talking about right now. So Bible talks about God created man in his image and his likeness. Male and female created he them. So from the very beginning, biblically speaking, and that's what I'm talking from, the Bible, male and female, he made them for one another. And so when a guy sees a lady that he really finds attractive, there are a couple of things that happen. Number one, she registers in his radar as she's attractive. Number two, if he is single, the next thing that says is, hey, is she attractive enough for me to be interested in trying to pursue a relationship with her? Number three, if the answer is yes, now he has to muster up the courage to go talk to her. 
Now, in this instance, I'm talking about the moment he sees she's really attractive. All of this is happening in nanoseconds, this whole process. All this is going on. And there's evaluations that he's given. How is she dressed? What's her personality? Does she seem like she's a friendly person? Is she interacting with other people in such a way that seems to be inviting? Is, are her facial expressions inviting? Can I get eye contact with her so I can see if I'm chosen or not? All those things go on in the man as he sees a woman who is attractive to him. So there are some things that would help the man increase his chances of being able to one approach as well as have enough conversation that's interesting enough to her for her to at least maybe go out with him, go up to have coffee or something like that, at which time she'll evaluate, is this joker worth pursuing a relationship with or is he a scrub? So with that, there are a couple of things that I encourage men to really polish up if they are interested in a relationship. And I'm talking about a serious relationship that you would, you know, even end in marriage with. And I'm giving you all this preamble because the end goal for the purposes of these conversations that I'm having here is how do you best position yourself to enter into a marriage? And how do you best position yourself to help with the success of that marriage? Now, the other person, your spouse, after you guys get married, you don't control them. And they might do some things that you don't particularly like. Your evaluation will be, okay, is what they're doing worth me putting up with them? Or do we need to break up this marriage? The choice is yours. I'm not giving any right or wrong answers. I'm just saying this is what I would recommend if you want to maximize your chances for success. Let me look at this. Clip. Man, time is. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I went to go see the Steve Miller Band at Summerfest. I think it was maybe last year. It was fresh. It was a guitar heaven. I love guitars. I'm going to take guitar lessons. Something about those strings, man, they just, they do something to me. But I digress. Getting back to the story. And Summerfest, for those of you all who don't know, it's the Guinness Book of World Records largest music festival here in Milwaukee. An 11-day affair, over 11 stages, about 800 different acts. It is the bomb and the diggity. It usually happens at the tail end of June through July, although COVID kind of skewed that schedule a bit. And uh, just check it out on, just Google it, you know, Summerfest Milwaukee. And do yourself a favor and come on to Milwaukee. It's worth, it's worth it. Milwaukee, as a matter of fact, over the summer months, I think we can stand shoulder to shoulder with any city in the United States, save maybe New York. But we can, summertime, we got festivals, outdoor live music, uh, food, fun. We have a great lake. I mean, Lake Michigan. Anyway, let me get back to my story, man. So, personal maturity. So, men, as you are growing, I think I'm ready for a woman. And why don't women like me? And why don't I seem like to have success? Just, first of all, kill that pity party noise. Shut up with that. I'm going to give you a couple of, you know, prescriptions to increasing your chances, not just of, you know, being able to get a woman, but to be able to establish a relationship with a quality woman that even could, you know, end up in marriage and a marriage that can be successful. 
So number one, you have to have vision or ambition. And what that means is it would behoove you to have some idea of where you want to go in life ultimately. Now, you might not be there yet because you're in the building stages or building blocks early on, might have had some setbacks, might not have been clear up to this point in time of what it is you wanted to be, do, and have in life. But having that is going to be very, very important because it sets kind of your North Star as to where you're going. And women are excellent helpers. Now, I'm not relegating them just to that status. You, you saying women are only I'm not, Man, they have, they're multi-talented. One of them talents is help. And part of that is because the Bible says that after God made man, he was going to create a help meet for him, a somebody that can help him. And he made woman. So she is wired to help. Not only help, she's more to it. So for those of y'all, to all of y'all, shut up. What I'm saying, since you listening, listening, listen to this. She is a great helper. She can do more than just help, though. Because she can do more than just help does not erase her ability to be a great helper, though, either. Capiche? Now. So for a man, this is, and I'm talking to men anyway. So for a man, why this is helpful for you and a benefit is if you have a vision, an ambition of something you are going towards, she can help you get that. But if you don't have any ambition, she don't, how she going to help something that is not there. So get something there, i.e. vision, ambition. She can help you bring it to pass. Now, she can do more than just be a helper, but she can be an excellent helper as well. So ambition, vision, number one for men. Next, demonstrated responsibility, okay? Now, because, you know, prior to you getting into a relationship, now, there are certain things that women will share with you, other things they won't share with you. One of the things that they won't share with you is that they like a guy who knows where he's going. They also like a guy who can make decisions. I'm talking about simple stuff such as, hey, you want to go out Saturday night? Sure. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Now, in the dating phase early on, you guys are getting to know one another. That's kind of cutesy or whatever. But that gets old very, very fast for women. And they don't want to do that always throws the decision making duties onto them. I'm just giving you some insider trade secrets, man. I've been married. It'll be 25 years in September of next year. So, now it hasn't always been a smooth road. There's been some things that, you know, were kind of sucky. You know, I think both me and my wife thought we were some hooks at some time. And we didn't always have the lovey-dovey, always in love, always in love, the love of my life. All our days wasn't like that. Some of our days were don't touch me. Walking to the back, uh, I don't even want to brush against you. Ugh. Yeah, but we were able to overcome that. So these tools I'm giving you, I'm giving them to you so you can equip yourself. So when you get to these bumps in the road, they don't take you off a cliff. They're just a bump. You smooth them out. You keep going. So, oh, man, I'm uh, I'm really excited about this conversation. You all. I'm looking at this clock and the clock is like, man, moving Moving on this midnight train to Georgia. 
So, so demonstrated responsibility. What that is, is that there are some things that you are responsible for. You got a car, you got an apartment, things that you had to pay for, things that you had to either deliver on or there were going to be some consequences for. Why that's good is because you will be looked to, whether verbalized or not, to lead in the relationship in some areas. I'm not saying I'm just the dominant, I'm just the hero, do what I say. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the woman is going to look to you, I'm telling you, man, trust me, to lead, to make decisions, to be responsible. For matter of fact, here's an example. I was out a few weeks ago with my wife and a good friend of ours, another lady. We were rapping, we were talking, and we got into some real sensitive stuff about men and women. And they both were like, we just want the man just to handle his, you know, like the lady that we were with, she, you know, <laughs> she, she used a four-letter word. It rhymes with it. We just need to get, have, man just have to get their it together. Handle your business. And what she was meaning by that is that there's an expectation that the woman has is that if she's going to invest her time in a relationship with you, that there are certain characteristics and things that you bring to the table. One, you got some ambition and vision. Two, you're a trustworthy kind of a guy. Number three, you have demonstrated responsibility that if you are accountable for something like this relationship, you hold up your end of the bargain. They aren't going to tell you that until y'all in a spat. I'm telling you now. So you can be spatless. <laughs> is that a word? It is now. Spatless. Or when you do have them, they're short-lived. So demonstrated responsibility, it builds up your responsibility and you're carrying out things to the end muscle so you come equipped to handle a relationship. Because women, they ain't no joke. They're really pretty and soft and cuddly, but they're complex characters. And you will be going through some mental jujitsu if you don't have your <laughs> it, as it were, together. So get it together. I'm helping you. Number three, emotional control. Emotional control. Now, as men, we, we again, talking about wiring. We're wired to slash and burn if it go there. That's why I think it was Kevin Samuels that said men have a low-level threat of violence whenever they're together. That is kind of what fuel. He was well, he's making a comparison of how men interact and how women can kind of be catty, you know, a little bit more catty than men. Men can be too. I'm not. This, I'm not th these aren't absolutes. They're generality. So relax, monitors, relax. So when men get together, hey, how you doing, man? Da -da 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 -da. Men understand. Because they're men. Men know how men are wired. They know that, A, at any given time, this could go left and there could be some violence. And this violence could end in death. And if I get into it with one of these dudes, I might have to kill him because he might try to kill me. And if it comes down to me versus you, I'm going for me every time. And so because of that low-level threat, that subterranean, that all of us dudes in here knows is present, we're going to deliberately treat each other with respect because we don't want none of that drama. Because not only do I not want any drama from you, I don't want to have to kill you 
from you killing me. Now, this is really, really extreme. But again, we're talking about relationships and men and women. And this is my show. I can say what I want to. I'm saying it. So listen and be quiet. And you can talk what you want to talk on your show. Amen. Amen. So when you are not in control of your emotions, you can do things that are out of order. Most violent crimes are committed by men. Uh-huh. Most destructive things, the mass shootings that take place, most of the time those are by men. Why? Because we're wired to, hey, if you get me off my square, all y'all going to get smoked out. All of y'all, whoever in here is gone. Suicide missions, kamikazes, all that kind of stuff. Men. So the point is, control your emotions so you don't go nuclear on people, particularly in your relationship. There's a scripture in the Bible, I think it's Proverbs 25 and 28, that says that uh, a man that does not control his emotions is like a city without walls. That means you have no borders. There has to be an exercise of self-restraint that you have, you control. So you can't say, man, she made me. No, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. Now, she might have done some things that were agitating. She might have done some things that was really, really foul. She might have done some things that made you want to push her down some steps. But the act of following through with that, that was a conscious decision that you made because for that moment in time, you lacked self-control of your emotion. Yeah. There's another scripture in the Bible that talks about he that can control his emotions can Take a city. There's power in that. I'm talking about men, men. I'm talking to the dudes right now. So there are some characteristics that you need to have as prerequisites before you enter into a relationship that you will be able to pull out of your bag of tricks, your toolbox in your relationship if you have them at a level of personal maturity. They are again, I'm going to have to wrap this up. My goodness. Vision. Or ambition, demonstrated responsibility, you've done some stuff on your own. Now, if you haven't, that doesn't mean you can't have a successful relationship. I'm just saying these are some things that will give you the best chance of having a successful relationship. Okay? Demonstrated responsibility, uh, emotional control. Last piece, and I'll wrap this up, is an income stream or demonstrated ambition coupled with action. Now, you can meet a woman. Let's say you might be in between jobs or whatever. You just can't be a bum. You got to, well, hey, you know, my last job. If your last job, you got laid off or, you know, you maybe you're in school full time or whatever. You have to have the stream of income because, again, that is something that men are. Uh, and, you know, in this day and age now, you can't even sometimes you can't even just speak just straight truth because somebody might get offended. But it's the truth. There's a thing called law of first mention. In the Bible, when the book of Genesis is usually called the seed book, the law of first mention simply states that when something is mentioned in Scripture, if it's mentioned elsewhere later on in Scripture, when it, when, when it was first mentioned, that is the primary premise and in and, 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 and context and law that it carries throughout the rest of Scripture. And the law of first mention, as it relates to men and work, God made Adam first, not Eve. And before he made Eve, he allowed man to be doing some stuff. 
He brought some animals to him, asked him to name them and all this. And that's a whole other story. We probably cover some of that as well in subsequent episodes. But the point I'm getting here is this, is that when he made Adam, he placed him in the Garden of Eden. Now, even if you're not a Bible scholar, you've heard about the Garden of Eden. It's the place where God created the earth. Man went to the Garden of Eden. It was his place. Da, da, da. Check this out, though. The Bible says that he placed man in Eden and instructed him to dress it and to keep it. Uh-huh. To cultivate it. To make sure everything was in order. That's some of that demonstrated responsibility. Not only that, it is also a clue that before he gave him a woman, he gave him a job. Yeah, let that marinate for a minute. Put that in some butter and garlic and onion and sprinkle some Parmesan cheese in there for a little bit. Let that marinate. Yeah, before a woman came on the scene, man was in the garden doing stuff, working. And in modern day work, in exchange for that, you get income. So a work ethic is something that a man prior to relationship engagement, needs to have a proclivity for. Yeah. Well, that doesn't, come on, man. We're talking about what are the building blocks of success? Success doesn't happen by osmosis. Abracadabra, that ain't what success results from. Success is the offspring of seed sown. It's the result. It's the effect. It ain't the cause. Something caused success to happen. These are building blocks to that cause so you can have success down the road. So, again, as I wrap this up, thank you. Personal maturity for men prior to relate. This is my, this my perspective on relationships. Everybody else got something to say. Everybody else can say this. They say, this is my turn to talk. I'm talking. This is what I'm saying. This is my piece. Personal maturity. The man has to have. And under this personal maturity umbrella, number one, he has to have some vision. What he wants to be, where he wants to go. What does he want in and out of life to be, do, and have? He has to have that. Number one. Number two, he has to have a demonstrated responsibility. He has to have demonstrated. Now, these are prior to being, how can I make myself Give the best chance of having successful relationships. I'm saying have this on your resume prior to entering into the relationship. Okay, and this ain't the only thing you need. These are some core things, though, that can really be helpful. Demonstrate responsibility. When you've had some stuff that you are responsible for and you follow through successfully on that consistently over some period of time. Number three, emotional control. Control your emotions. You can't just always fly off the handle. Got anger management problems. That's a problem. Get that under control before you get into a relationship. Because trust me, the woman is going to step on your toes in a time or two, brother. Your emotions are going to be touched. You're going to have to control them. Or else you might do something that you're going to regret later. Because you didn't control your emotions. Number four, for now, income stream. Need some income, need some work. Productivity, it helps to sharpen you as a person. It helps to bring out the best in you in other areas. It helps to build resilience in you. It has so many different benefits. The Bible says in all labor, there is profit. 
So whether you got a high paying job, a middle paying job, a low paying job, there is profit in labor. Oh, man. I'm going to wrap this up here. My goodness, this is so written. I didn't know it was going to be this rich, this exciting. I feel like I got a hundred pages worth of information I want to share with you guys just because I'm flowing with this. But I'm going to stop this right now and pick this back up probably on another episode because I see this is going to be a whole series. And wait till I bring guests in on it too. Lord Jesus. So thanks so much for listening today. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to the Communication Guru Podcast, the Communication Guru Podcast, the Communication Guru Podcast. Also be on the lookout for Morning Tempspiration, Morning Tempspiration vlog, which is simply inspirational words of encouragement that I kick out on, you know, social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, because sometimes, you know, you need an attaboy or a girl, and, you know, the Bible says that a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Sometimes just a word spoken at the right time to you can be enough to put some wind behind your sails to give you the encouragement to keep on going. That's what the morning temptations are, just that. Finally, if you have a communication issue that you need some assistance with and you'd like to conduct a discovery call just to kind of share uh, what, you're, what you're dealing with that you may need some assistance with, uh, shoot me a DM, you know, that's Instagram, at Mr. Tempspiration, at Mr. Tempspiration, or hit me up, Tim McMurtry, at, on LinkedIn and, and, and Facebook, and uh, give me a, a little blurb about what you got going on, and we can see if we can schedule that call. Um, I have a website that's being revamped, and uh, that should be up too, and I'll get that information as it comes back online. So, again, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, blessing and increase to you. Bam!